0: has made it back to monday ladies and gentlemen and you know what time it is that's right we got to get down to business with bringing up conversating on alabama football and what better way to do this than to be locked and loaded onto the hottest show on the streets the number one form for crimson tide football news notes and information that being in my own words with yours truly stephen m smith of touchdown Alabama Magazine, very excited to start your work week off and having you guys tuning into the network on today as we're bringing this to you as always from Tuscaloosa streaming this via YouTube and speaking of the channel go ahead right now, give a thumbs up on the show, give a like on the show hit that subscribe button and turn all of those notifications on so that you can have the best in analysis on your Crimson Tide. Speaking of Touchdown Alabama Magazine you can purchase individual copies of the magazine, have those sent to your door the link will be found in the description but as always we start every week off by addressing the better half of the room this show does not go without this brother right here it's john ivory in the production studio john let him hear you one time what's going
1: on steven what's going on with the chat hey make sure you guys share the show copy the link right now show your family and friends because you do not want to miss you don't want them to miss this show we have a hot show
0: tonight absolutely and we want you guys being a part of the conversation now you can do this by calling 205-448-1358 One more time, 205-448-1358. And once again, 205-448-1358. We got a lot to get into later on in the show. We will sit down with the lead scouting and recruiting analysts for TDA. That being one, Justin Smith, as this man, the hardest working man in the business, as Alabama recruiting continuing to take rocket ship steps forward now, bringing in. 15 verbal commitments here. But we start things off with a couple of updates. First and foremost, Alabama continuing to have student-athletes represent the football program on these preseason award watch lists. You have here Dylan Moses, who is on the Dick Butkus award list. Dylan Moses, along with Shane Lee, both were... Recognized by the Butkus Foundation on today, uh, both guys representing the 51 linebackers, since both of these two were named, among the 51 candidates for the Dip Butkus Award, which goes to the nation's top inside linebacker, or the nation's top linebacker, period. But unfortunately, Christian Harris not named to this list. No offense to Dylan Moses and Shane Lee, both guys terrific young men, you no know, great athletes, but want to kind of see Christian Harris's name on here as well, but the young man from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, this will be more motivation for him. Also, Patrick Sortam the second named to the Jim Thorpe Award watching list, which goes to the nation's top defensive back. So kudos to kudos to Dylan Moses, to Shane Lee, and to Patrick Sortam All of those guys being listed here. Another update, former Alabama and Oklahoma quarterback Jalen Hurts has signed his rookie deal. He and the Philadelphia Eagles have come to terms on a four-year deal worth $6.02 million. The deal is also worth $1.9 million in terms of a signing bonus. So a $1.94 million signing bonus hurts a four-year deal worth 6.02 million a great collegiate career both at the University of Alabama where he was a conference champion a national champion a national champion just a leader among men and of course at Oklahoma a conference champion a Heisman finalist and guiding the Sooners to the college football playoff but we jumping it now topic number 1 here folks of the conversation and it's it's just crazy how Prior to the COVID-19, the coronavirus pandemic, it was supposed to have been Alabama University of Southern California, the USC uh, USC Trojans, to start the season on September 5th in AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. It was supposed to have been Alabama-USC. Now, of course, for a lot of you out there, Entire Nation, the thought process was, well, Alabama's going to roll over and beat down USC anyway. And that's probably true. And that's more than likely true. But at least with playing USC, Alabama had somebody that was a household name, a big time program, a power program, a brand you could recognize, right? A brand you could recognize. So when the global pandemic hit, the sports world I know heavily, especially the collegiate world, in the month of March, and you had everybody get sent home, and of course now the uh, Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC have all gone to a conference-only look, which led to USC canceling the season-opening matchup with the Crimson Tide. The question became, okay, who could Alabama get? Who could Alabama schedule? Who could the Crimson Tide play? Then the rumors started about, well, maybe TCU's the team. Let's see if Alabama could get TCU. And Tide Nation, you guys were excited about that. I mean, TCU, it's not Texas. It's not Oklahoma. It's not one of these upper echelon schools. But TCU, under Coach Gary Patterson, still a good program. Still a marquee brand. Still a brand you recognize. Uh with TCU they, they typically have one of the better defenses in the Big 12 and in college football Gary Patterson one of the more underrated coaches it would not be a long travel for the Horned Frog seeing how the program is in Texas so TCU was a thought but after the initial conversation started it died down you have not seen many people talk much about TCU since then and then Afterwards, more you know rumors started about well, how about Notre Dame? And folks were like, Sweet Jesus, Notre Dame, let that happen. You know, good God, let that game happen. Two powerhouse programs, two big traditional powers, two major money grabbing ratings grabbing programs. I mean, anytime you get the opportunity to play against Notre Dame and Brian Kelly. Alabama fans, you want to take that chance. You want to take that opportunity. That could be the biggest, most highly rated game of the year. So people are like, yes, let the Irish happen. Let this game be the one. But, of course, Greg Byrne, athletic director for the Crimson Tide, shot that dream down quickly. Alabama will play Notre Dame in the future, just not to start the 2020 college football season. So you were thinking about usc you were thinking about tcu you were thinking about notre dame none of those three happening and then to start and then to go, on, and then to kind of end the weekend you know, on last week The team that has been rumored to possibly potentially be the week one opponent for the crimson tide byu the brigham young cougars byu and no offense to BYU. No offense to you know, the fighting Mormons, you No know, BYU, who was the school that was a private school, private university, owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So no offense to BYU. I'm not offended by the opportunity to play BYU. I'm offended by the process that's kind of led to this moment. Because going back to last week, of course, you guys mentioned any football is better than no football at all. Any type of football is better than not having a season. And while I agree with you, and while I understand where you're coming from, the equivalent to playing BYU, it's kind of like this. Say, for example, you wanted to go to McDonald's. You want to go to Mickey D's because you were craving the homestyle chicken meal. You were craving it all week like a madman or a madwoman. You were craving homestyle chicken all week. And you go to McDonald's, you go to the drive-thru, and you ask for the homestyle chicken meal. And they tell you, I'm sorry, sir or ma'am. We're sold out of the homestyle chicken meal. Uh, we do have a great deal on the filet of fish and you go from to, are you kidding me? I don't want no filet of fish. This is not why I came here. I came here from a darn homestyle chicken. And if you wanted to give me a consolation prize on the deal, at least give me something on the, on the quarter pounder. I mean, I'll take a quarter pounder as a consolation prize. I don't, I don't want no filet of fish. I came here for the homestyle chicken. And, and, and you are... Just kind of, you know, really upset because your mouth was so on that homestyle chicken. They're offering you the fillet of fish. You didn't come here for this, and then it's whole, it's just it's just a big mess. It's just a big mess. And once again, I'm not offended by BYU. It's just when you look at the opportunity of possibly playing USC or possibly TCU or possibly Notre Dame, and then you're hit with BYU, and it's just The game on the surface, if BYU becomes the game for Alabama Week 1, just on the surface, this game just doesn't do it for me. Now, I could be wrong, and I'm praying I am wrong. BYU could be the game of the year. BYU could be the most fun, entertaining, intriguing matchup of the season. Who knows? I don't know, but just off the surface, just on the surface, just not doing it. You know, for you know, for me because I mean, th- this is not Gary Croton BYU. This is not even Bronco Mendenhall BYU. I mean, uh, the, the the only reason why this game would have some substance is due to, of course, Steve Sarkeesian played at BYU. And uh, you know, the Cougars have had some great quarterbacks to come through the to come through the the, uh, the program. Uh, Steve Young came through there. Jim McMahon came through there. Both were Super Bowl champions. You know, Young for the 49ers, McMahon for the Chicago Bears. Ty Detmer came through the program. He was a Heisman Trophy winner in 1990. And, of course, Sark, you know, came through the program. But this is a BYU team underhead coach Kalani Satak. Kalani Saitak, who is entering his fifth year with the program, he is twenty-seven and twenty-five in his first four years. Three winning seasons. He does have a losing season at four and nine. You know, with the with the Cougars. The last two years, they were seven and six in each of the last two years. Now. A lot of people are talking about, well, Steven, keep in mind, you know, this same BYU team, they took down Tennessee last year, took down the balls, took down Jeremy Pruitt's bunch in Neyland Stadium in Knoxville. And, yes, they did. But also keep in mind, Tennessee is not one of the upper echelon programs of the SEC. Jeremy Pruitt's building the program up. The program's getting better. He's doing well in recruiting. Tennessee is trying to get back to what it once was in the 90s and early 2000s, but it's not quite there yet. Now, if BYU was to have beaten the Georgia, okay, okay. If BYU was to have beaten LSU, all right. If BYU was to have beaten Texas A&M, I feel you. Even to a certain degree, if BYU was to have beaten Auburn, I can understand that as well. But Tennessee, not quite the upper um, upper echelon program or among the upper echelon programs quite yet. Now, you know, once again, if if, if this was Bronco Mendenhall BYU, if this was Bronco Mendenhall BYU, I would have a completely different tune about this because when Bronco Mendenhall was coaching the program from 2013, well, from 2005 to 2015, that 11-year period. I mean, he had some dogs. He had some physical animals. He had players that were tough, that were hard-nosed, that were physical, that were skilled guys. He had some good quarterbacks in that program as well. At B, for, for Bronco Mendenhall, under Mendenhall, BYU did not have a losing season. Never had a losing season. During his career at BYU, overall record 99-43, 5 10 win seasons, never had a losing season. The only season uh, aside from his first year 2005 where he won less than 8 games was the 2010 season where they went 7 and 6. They were in the Mountain West Conference under Minden Hall from 2011 to from 2000 2000- for 2005 or 2010, excuse me, before going to the independent or being an independent like Notre Dame is starting from 2011 to 2015. So, Mendenhall had some talent. I mean, at the quarterback position, when you talk 3,000-yard guys, he had John Beck, a 3,000-yard passer. He had Max Hall, a 3,000-yard passer. He had Tanner Magnum, a 3,000-yard passer. He had a wild-card guy in Taysom Hill at the quarterback position in terms of running backs you look at curtis brown a 1000 yard back harvey ungo harvey ungo 1000 yard back taysom hill though he was a quarterback he ran the ball well also being a 1,000-yard rusher. At the wide receiver position, um, Mendenhall had a 1,000-yard no target in Cody Hoffman in 2012, and also he had 11 receivers. He had 11 receivers that produced at least 500 yards receiving. So if this was Bronco Mendenhall BYU, I could get down with it. Because under his regime, under his leadership, this was a program that was about it, about it. And at BYU, under his leadership, you know, the Cougars would always pull upsets that you would not expect for them to pull, that you would not expect for them to do and or have. But right now, with this addition of BYU under Kalani Saitak, I really don't know. I mean, it, it could be the game of the year. It could be a fun matchup. It could be sexy. It could be appealing. But just on the surface right now, I'm just not digging it. I'm just not digging it. But you know, it is what it is. But before we go to our first break here on the show, gotta remind you of Emily's heirloom pound cakes emily's heirloom pound cakes if you use the code td tda emily's you earn 10% off all orders over 30. dollars link will be found there in the description coming from our friends at emily's heirloom pound cakes but upon our return we get to your phone calls your thoughts your tweets your chats your discussions are you feeling alabama versus byu potentially we'll talk it up after this <laughs>
2: Remember the taste of grandma's delicious sweets? Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion and ordering is easy. Visit Emily's Heirloom Pound Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at Emily's Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, making memories
0: from scratch. We're back into the action, folks. On a Monday, hottest show on the streets. Number one forum for Crimson Tide Football News. In my own words, with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown, Alabama Magazine. It's Short Time Tide Nation. Time to hear from you. 205 448 1358. For number to call in to let your voice be heard. 205 448 1358. And we start things off with Wayland on a Monday. What's going on, brother? Blueberry
3: pound cake tastes so great, I had rather have a slice of it as T-bone steak. How's everybody doing that? <laughs> hey,
0: wait a minute. That was a good one right out of the gate, my man. We're, we're doing good, man. We're doing good. Um, Alabama continuing to do its thing on the recruiting trail. We're going to talk to Justin Smith about this in a, little, in a little while, but it just appears that Coach Saban trying to sign the number one offensive line in the country.
3: Man, i got to catch my breath, too. All these kids signed up with Alabama coming in here. I'm telling you what, it's looking like, you know, we've, we've missed a few recruiting classes, it feels like, in the past. Uh, maybe that's why we wasn't quite where we needed to be. Uh, I don't know what is, has sparked it here. It seemed like the COVID has, has sparked the kids to want to come to Alabama instead they're going anywhere else. But all these new facilities, all this stuff Alabama has to offer, Somebody better hold on. This may
0: be a hard ride for some folks, David. It it, it it may be. And going back to something you mentioned there, Wayne, and there were a few recruiting classes that Saban and the Tide felt like they missed on some guys, and this is the reason why this year, you know, Coach sat his staff down and basically said, guys, you know, I wrote the book on this thing. We're going to get back to – Old school recruiting, fostering relationships with these young men, their parents, their families, selling the selling the program to them. We're selling them on the program. And it feels like the staff bought into what Coach Saban said, and they are really fostering these relationships, these mamas, these daddies, these grandparents, these aunties, whoever reigns as the guardian for you know these athletes, they are really sold on having their young men come to this program.
3: Yeah, that's exactly right. He's got them uh, I mean, really, he really must have sat down and had a big talk with everybody there, you know. Uh, it was a come to, to Jesus longer. moment, man. I, I think so. I, I believe that's the way it's looking, the way these kids are coming. But I know we've got a lot of people in the queue. And, you know, John, he passed away this weekend, John Lewis. But remember, he said the burden of hate for hate is too heavy a burden to bear. So that's what we need to remember uh, instead of doing the poem tonight, it is our civil icon, John Lewis. And, uh, and there ain't too many of us old hard Democrats left, <laughs> like myself. But, you know, we don't want to make the show political. But, you know, we're, there's still a few of us out there, and we still remember these people that, uh, like I always say about the Alabama program, it laid down that smooth asphalt for all of us to be where we're at today, Steve. And I, and I think a lot of people in this country has forgotten what these people have
0: done. Well, absolutely, but as long as people like, like you and myself, Wagon, and others you know, don't forget the, uh, the pioneers, we'll be all right.
3: That's exactly right.
0: So hello to everybody in the chat. Y'all have a
3: safe Tuesday, and we'll get a poem together here, maybe a good one for Wednesday or Friday. We're
0: working on one, and we'll see everybody Wednesday. See y'all later, Stephen. Bye-bye. Appreciate you waiting, as he always starts us off here on the show. We got another call in the queue on a Monday. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on?
4: What's going on, Steven? How you doing? This is Sean from Huntsville.
0: It, it, the man himself calling in. What's going on, Sean?
4: Nothing much, brother. Nothing but Let's kick back at work, listening to you on my little, my, little, my little computer. You know what I mean? Um wanted to run this by you real quick. I might be the only fan to say this, but I got to keep it honest, man. I, uh, uh, I'm i appreciative of the go- – and I pray to God we get football back. I pray to God everybody can be safe and we can have it back in a safe manner. But, man, I just don't know. BYU, uh, BYU that – you know, I even mean, if I could I'm go t- to the Sean, game.
0: Sean, Sean, you're saying the yeah. same thing I'm saying. Like, you're saying the same thing. Yeah. It's like – I, I understand we want football. We do. And crossing our fingers, toes, high faith for that season. But after we thought about, you know, USC and uh, uh, TCU and Notre Dame, just BYU, no offense, but it's like going to McDonald's, you want that good meal, and they try to get you the filet of fish, try to slap that out to you. You, you ain't feeling that. <laughs> you want what you came I there know, for. know, man.
4: And and if any BYU fans listen to this, please, this is this is I dare say, BYU. Hope this doesn't happen. Come in and beat us. It's for me. It's not even about the W or the L. It's just that game. I just have a hard time sinking my teeth into it, man. I just ah BYU. I just don't know. I just I wish we was playing somebody else that had a little more candor, a little more that a little more team that could really I would, really I, you push us. You know what, Sean?
0: Just, I would love I would love for Oklahoma. To switch out, it's yep. cupcake to start the season and play Bama.
4: Man, I, I I dare say Oklahoma, Penn State, give me somebody like that. I know we got Georgia in week three, but man, I, that opening game really set the tone for your whole season, man. You know, and I I just wish we were playing. Is is the BYU game? Is it da- is it in blood yet? Is it is it is it is it down yet? For real, for real. It's is that not, playing? Or is plan? It's not talk.
0: It's it's not down yet. It's still just basic. It's still just basic talk right now. But that's the program that has emerged now as a potential possible you know right. week one matchup. Now me, I wanted Notre Dame when I when I heard Notre Dame float through and you know Coach Saban playing Brian Kelly and there's a big yeah. difference between the 2012 Notre Dame team and this team. The 2012 Notre Dame team, you had, the best thing you had was Tyler Eifert and the whole man fake girlfriend thing. With this Notre Dame, you got a bit more pieces. <laughs> yeah,
4: you know, that game would, you know, it, and I understand they trying not to overshadow the, the Georgia game, man, and you're trying to find an opponent that, that all the politics line up, you know, and everything, and who, who open dates and things of that nature, and, Conference, a lot, you know, conference games and cupcakes and everything got a line up. I understand the the the, the politics to come with it, but I just hope, man. No disrespect to BYU, please. Any BYU fans? No disrespect to you guys. For me, I'm not even thinking about the outcome of the game. It's just I was hoping for a bit more splash on that first game, man. But either way, I'll be happy and thankful. But that's definitely a game that I'll probably be at home watching, regardless. <laughs> you know what I mean? No disrespect. But, uh, we'll see what happens, though, man. Him, no doubt, no doubt, man. I want to say this real quick your last caller, Waylon. I love listening to that guy, man. He he, he, he lifts my spirits, man. He always seems happy. You know, I love, I want him to know he got fans out here that listen to him on your show, and, and uh, you know, we, we'll continue to support,
0: man. Absolutely, man. Keep listening to us. Appreciate the call. No problem. Also, always good having Sean calling as well. But we got another caller in the queue as y'all lighting this up on a Monday. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? Hey, how you doing, Steven? Doing pretty good. Pretty good.
2: Yeah, I was, uh, you wanted to get, um, your thoughts to see if, um, if, if I was listening to the last guy, I had my own question about it anyway. I kind of agree with him too. I'm not really, you know. Um, geared up for for BYU, but I mean at this point it doesn't really matter. We can, you know we can play a, uh Birmingham Southern. and I'd be satisfied as long as we're going to have a season. But um, I wanted to know if, if there's any other other opponents that are um, kind of viable, or uh, I don't know if that's the right word or not, but uh, that you might think would be good uh, possibilities that you can throw out um, for that first matchup of the season.
0: I would like I like Baylor. I like Baylor. I think Oklahoma State would be fun. Baylor would be fun. Oklahoma State would be fun. Let's see here. Who else we could throw out here? Man, this is—it's is, so difficult with the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 doing what they did. Uh, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, but. It depends on who who they would have at quarterback. I mean, they don't have Patrick Mahomes anymore. So whoever Texas Tech would have at quarterback if it's intriguing. That's a tough one, man. But if I I had to give my two just off the bat right now, give me Baylor. No, no, I got three. Baylor, Oklahoma State. Throw West Virginia in there. Baylor, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. Right, right. Well, like I said, I'm just, you know.
2: Hope for the season at this point, you know, it didn't really matter, you know, it's BYU or not. But uh, thank you for taking my call, and uh,
0: love the show. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate the call there as uh, we're getting some folks lighting up here about this game between Alabama and, B- well, potential game. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but potential, possible matchup between Alabama and BYU. But fun topic here, folks, as... The University of Alabama. How about the locker rooms, man? Crimson Tide got the new locker rooms, the new digs here in the sports us uh, and the sports performance building. Uh, this video that you're seeing right now actually came from the Alabama football Twitter page and very, very high tech as if you look at the locker rooms, you've got each player. Has their own, uh, you know, locker where you've got the player's name, their position, their jersey number, and their home state. It's really sleek how you know Coach Saban and uh, the powers that be in this program are really catering to these young men. But the cool thing about this is Mac Jones and Bryce Young are neighbors in the locker room. Ho ho! Hey hey! Mac Ten and Bryce Young neighbors in the locker room and. Although, you know, the one of the biggest conversations this offseason has been the quarterback room and who will be the starting quarterback between, you know, Mac Jones and Bryce Young. Alabama has a tremendous quarterback room, as you also have to talk about one Paul Tyson, who's been, you know, tearing it up emerging merging this offseason with a quarterback developer, one Lavelle Durant, by, you know, to me. I still have my chip stack towards Mac Jones being the starter, you know, from start to finish. But one of the cool things about this is going to be, how will both guys interact with each other? How will Mac interact with Bryce? How will Young interact with Jones? And kind of the perfect model they could have is the Jagan Hurts to a Tonga model. I mean, it was a lot of friction from the outside eyes between you you had the Jalen fans on one end but two fans on the other end. And it it was a lot lot of friction there. But, you know, both guys loved each other. Both guys supported each other. Both guys wanted to see each other succeed. They helped each other out. And, you know, in the end, you're looking at, You know, an SEC championship for both guys in 2018. Of course, a national championship for both guys in 2017. So hopefully, you know, Mac and Bryce look at that model that was presented by, you know, Jalen and Tua. They take some things from it. They learn some things from it. They grow from it. And they add their own spin to it and, you know, make it their own as, you know, both guys try to help each other out in a quarterback room led by one Steve Sarkeesian. But we go to another break here. On the show, don't touch that doubt or just getting your chest warm. Upon our return, we sit down with Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA, to talk Terrence Ferguson and the rest of this 2021 class after this.
1: Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to TouchdownAlabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to TouchdownAlabama.com today and roll tide.
0: We got you locked and loaded, Tide Nation, on to the number one source for Crimson Tide news, the hottest show in the streets, In My Own Words, with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Got the man John Ivory, as always, in the production studio. And we hop on over to the In My Own Words hotline. We pick up my brother from another mother, the recruiting man, the boots on the ground. This guy does it better than anybody else does. It's Justin Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Magazine to talk some 2021 recruiting. Justin, how you feeling, man? I know you you got to be on the road right now, but how you feeling? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. Justin, doing pretty good here. Well, we're happy to have you on the line, Justin. And first and foremost, another guy. Coming into this class, 15, the 15th verbal uh, commitment that being won Terrence Ferguson, the four-star offensive lineman from the Georgia area. He spurns the Bulldogs and the Florida State Seminoles, giving his yes to Nick Saban and Batide. Very versatile guy, can play both offensive guard and offensive tackle. Talk to us here, Justin, about Terrence Ferguson and how big this is if it's just as big as landing the Brockemeyer twins.
5: Well, I think this is huge for the Tide's 2021 recruiting class, adding to that impressive offensive line class that the Tide could quite possibly pull again. Him, of course, joining the Brockermire Twins in Casey Latham. So I think this this is a great pickup for Alabama in this 2021 recruiting class. You're adding a 6'4", 6'5", 300-pound kid who could quite possibly play guard or tackle. Like you said, I really like his strength as a run run blocker. I think that it's – biggest strength at the moment, his ability to be aggressive, not afraid to get to the second level and attack linebackers, defensive backs down the field, so you really like to see that out of a Terrence Ferguson, and I think this just brings forth that conversation that um, a lot of Tide fans are excited to talk about, that potential great offensive line class that the Tide could pull in this recruiting cycle.
0: Now, the one guy that could make this all around, across the board, Justin, the number one group in the country is Amarius Mims. Now, where does he land in here now? Because you mentioned you've got J.C. Latham, you've got the Brockamire boys, now you bring in Terrence Ferguson. It seems like that missing piece is Amarius Mims. Where is he right now in your mind? Well, he has set to
5: announce his commitment on August 15th. I do think this The Tide is still involved in his recruitment. I think his recruitment is definitely something to look at heading into August. But it still is a Georgia battle, just like Ferguson was the Georgia and Alabama battle. No one really knows what his decision is at this moment. So I do feel the Tide is still in it, although Georgia is in it as well. So that's definitely something to pay attention to. But there are also some other guys to pay attention to when it comes to the Tide recruiting other Offensive linemen in his 2021 class. You have William Parker out of Tennessee, who the Tide is recruiting. You have Christian Lay, another five-star offensive lineman out of Virginia, who Alabama has been recruiting for more than a year. You have you have a couple of other guys out there too at that offensive line position, who the Tide is still recruiting. So you so you still have to pay attention to a couple of other guys. We all know is has got to pay attention to a Georgia product, a guy a lot of Tide fans are excited to see. We got a chance to talk with them at the future fifty Media Day event in Orlando in December. he did sound like the tide was in a great position with them. He spoke he spoke highly of Alabama at that particular event. If I had to if I had to make a prediction on that day, it would be Alabama if I had to go back and make a prediction back then. But it looks as if Georgia has continued to make their push. So the tide is still in it with mills, but as I said, it's Georgia, Alabama.
0: If you're just tuning into the show, folks, on a Monday, we got the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama magazine, Justin Smith, on the line right now talking 2021 recruiting class and Justin Jaquincy McKinstry, the five star defensive back out of Pinson Valley High School here in Alabama. You mentioned this is the most pure athlete to come to the state, to come from the state in in quite some time. He dropped his top three on Sunday, that being Alabama, Auburn, and LSU. Now, Saban Saban wants to get McKinstry, but then there's also Jalen Marshall, a five-star defensive back out of the state of Florida. So speak on McKinstry right now. Is 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 Alabama going all out for McKinstry, or if it doesn't get him and it gets Marshall, is that a negative? Uh, Speak on McKinstry right now. Well, I think I think
5: Alabama is definitely still in it. He did drop that top three, and like I said the last time I was on your show, I I think the question going into that top three was who was going to be the third team. We knew that Alabama and Auburn were most likely going to be in it, so we wanted to know who was going to be the third team, and it was no surprise it was LSU. I kind of felt it was LSU. It was a school that he had visited, and was it was a school they showed some love on social media recently, too, so I kind of felt it was going to be LSU, Auburn, and Alabama. I do feel the Tide is still in the mix with them, as he told me that they have contacted him almost every day since they hosted him for their junior day event in February, so I do think the Tide still see JaQuincy McKinstry as a priority. He did tell me that he has always felt that they have showed, shown him that he is a priority at the University of Alabama. So it's definitely something to pay attention to with Quincy McKinstry. I definitely think the Todd is still in that great position. But as you said, Jason Moore, the five-star cornerback, out of Florida is another guy. Alabama is recruiting as well. And like I said so many other times as well, the defensive back position room is crowded on Alabama's 2021 recruiting board. You have Kyrie Jackson, of course, the Juco cornerback. You still have B. John Warren solding out there, as well as Kamari Lassiter, Tuscaloosa, defensive fact. So I do feel the tie is still in the mixed bunch McKenzie I would definitely pay attention to that. You cannot count on any one of those three teams. Of course, LSU is a school that has a rich tradition of developing defense backs. He has a lot of ties with Auburn, with Bo Nix, starting quarterback at Auburn, being his former teammate at Pinson Valley High School, and the Tide has always shown that he's a priority for them. So I think all three of those teams still have an opportunity.
0: Now, Justin, just look, look at the parents here. Look at the parents of these. Look at the parents of these athletes. The parents of these recruits. The family members. When you get a chance to talk to them, whether it's the 2020 guys that are in here right now or the 2021 guys on the trail, what have what have the parents been saying when you spoke to them about going to Alabama? The feeling that Alabama gives. Uh, the, the environment that, or the vibe that Coach Saber and his staff gives off, what have you been hearing from the parents on their comfortability, you know, with Alabama?
5: Well, I think the biggest thing that has stand out with my talk with multiple parents of recruits in 2021 recruiting class is the fact that they feel that Alabama is a best place for their child to develop, not only on the football field, but off the football field, in the classroom, and develop as a businessman. I know one parent told me that he knew if his son went to the University of Alabama, he would not only develop as that football player, but he will develop as a productive member of society. And I, and I think that plays a huge role in all of these guys' decisions. They not, they not only want to win on the football field, but they want to win off of it as well. So I think the Alabama brand is still a great brand that a lot of fans and a lot of parents are excited about joining one, and wanting their child to be a part of that um, program.
0: He's Justin Smith, ladies and gentlemen. Hard as hard work as always, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine joining us to look at this 2021 class. Once again, 15 verbal commitments, the latest one, Terrence Ferguson, the four-star. Offensive lineman Coach Saban and Matai trying to land the number one offensive line class in the country. Justin, as always, appreciate the time, the inside, the energy, the passion you have for what you do on this trail, man. Be safe, be good, take it easy. You do the sign,
5: Stephen
0: always appreciating the time getting a chance to talk with justin on crimson tie recruiting well folks when we come back we're taking another we another break here but upon our return we dive back into your phone calls your thoughts your tweets your chats your questions your concerns we get to the dialogue after this <laughs>
1: Town menswear in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to TouchdownAlabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to TouchdownAlabama.com today and
0: roll
1: tide.
0: Back in from the break, ladies and gentlemen, on the number one forum for Crimson Tide Football, how to show them streets in... My own words, with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Be sure to always give a thumbs up, give a like on the show, hit that subscribe button, and turn all of those notifications on so that way you can have the best in news, notes, updates, and analysis on your Crimson Tide. But it's your time again, Tide fans, 205-448-1358. But I'm going to call in to let your voice be heard, 205-448-1358. And as you're getting your thoughts together, I want to remind you of this in my own word, fans, given everything going on surrounding this pandemic as a small business, we rely on you, the fans, to keep us going. The biggest way you can support us is to be a subscriber to Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Just $5.95 a month, and you can have the latest information on all things Alabama football, an annual magazine, and the most exceptional recruiting news from our own Justin Smith. We want you to be a part of our community, and being a subscriber is the best compliment you can give to us. Uh, you can subscribe. You can subscribe to Touchdown Alabama. You can subscribe at Touchdown Alabama. Excuse me, by going to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Your support is much appreciated. So go to touchdownalabama.com, click join to get all the up-to-date information, all the news, all the inside. Uh, your support definitely much so appreciated coming from us here at TDA. But as you're once again getting your thoughts and ideas together here 205-448-1358 um another interesting topic you can look at wide receiver Javon baker freshman wide receiver Javon baker from the georgia area he went to mckeetron high school and uh, dr matt ray the speed guru one half of the sports performance team along with david bellew Dr. Ray had an exercise and activity and assignment for, you know, the team on last week. And um, according to a tweet that he posted on social media, he said that Baker had the best speed, had the best speed, the highest speed for that assignment that was done on last week. And he had something for Mr. Baker in his efforts or for his performance in having the highest speed. And this is really cool because... The biggest knock on Javon Baker coming into the 2020 class was his speed. I mean, people felt like he had the size, he had the strength, he had the athleticism, just not quite the speed. Now, one of the few guys that did not feel this way was our own Justin Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, who did a lot of scouting up on Baker. And he mentioned how Baker does have the speed, he does have the explosiveness, he does have the acceleration. So, seeing along with Justin, Dr. Matt Ray of Alabama dispelling that myth of, old oh, Javon doesn't have the speed in this tweet right here is awesome. Now, my thing here is, did Javon record the highest speed in terms of just all the freshmen that he came in with? Or was this the best speed in terms of every wide receiver on the team, which includes Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith? That's a, that's a caveat that was left out. That's what I want to know. Now, it's good. Either way, because Baker is somebody of whom is trying to push for playing time as a freshman, trying to push for an opportunity to start and maybe be that third wide receiver to hit to help out with Smitty and Waddle. But that's kind of what I want to know. Was his speed, uh, you know, the best in terms of all the freshmen? Or was his speed the best when you look at all the receivers on the roster? Because, I mean, let's be honest, for a lot of you out there, Tide fans, you believe nobody's faster than Jalen Waddle. Nobody could be faster than Jane and Waddle, right? I mean, this is the human joystick. This is Mr. Lightning in a bottle. This is Mr. Electricity. Nobody's faster than Jane and Waddle. I mean, even when Alabama had Henry Ruggs, you know, for the time that, the Todd had him from 2017 to 2019. It was a constant fight between who's faster: is it Rugs or is it Waddle? Is it Rugs or is it Waddle? I mean, both of the guys would race, and it would be just by the divot the smidget of margins that I mean, Rugs would beat, you know, and Waddle. And then at the NFL Combine, we saw Rugs put down the ungodly time of 4.27.40, you know, in the 40-yard dash, where that would just shoo, ridiculous so you have that and you know, once that happened fans were like okay it's legitimate you know rugs faster than waddle but this time around javon baker who has the weight he's over 200 pounds but dr matt ray saying he had the best speed the best time the fastest time in this assignment, in this activity, in this activity, in this exercise that was done on last week. Was this the fastest time among the freshmen? Or was this the fastest time when you look at every receiver on the roster? That part remains to be seen. But it's just good on Javon Baker to, uh, to get that done. Now, John, I want to ask you a question if you feel like answering this. Uh, John, do you feel like Javon is faster than Javon Waddle?
1: I don't think anyone's faster than Jalen Waddle, so I don't know. I'm gonna have to see a race, like a straight-up race or something like that.
0: I mean, I, I want to see, I want to see a race too. And, and this is another reason why we gotta have football, right? This is another reason why football has to happen this year because I want to see in a race, I want to see in a practice, I want to see in a game. You know who's faster? Who, who's the fastest receiver on this team? Is it Jalen Waddle? Is it Javon Baker? Is it you know, John Metchie, who is the fastest wide receiver, you know, on this year's team. Because we know in the years to come, once Christian Leary, you know, signs his letter of intent for 2021, you know, Leary's going to have something to say about this also. So for right now, I kind of want to see how fast is Javon Baker for real, for real. But we go to the phone lines right now. We pick up a call. You're live on In My Own World. on a Monday. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, there Young Sway from down the bay? All right, Sway, Sway, what's going on with you?
2: Not much. I was just going to listen when you started talking crazy, man, about somebody being faster than Waddle, brother. It's dead all that, you feel me? We're not going there tonight,
0: dude. I mean, I don't th- Honestly, I don't think anybody on this team is faster than Jay Waddle. I'm just saying the information Dr. Raiden put out here... As, you know, Baker being the fastest. Dude tweet y'all put up there. He ain't say that the
2: bruh was faster than everybody, man. So let's just punt the brace on, bro. I seen dude
0: say he good and everything, but he ain't got the speed like that. Come on now. We, I'm saying, I, I, th- that's why I want to see football, man. I want to see this for myself. I want to see this for myself. I'm not saying he got that God speed. I like when he was in 12th grade,
2: bro. I mean, he fast, he good and everything, but he ain't faster than water. Come on now, y'all chill with that. Y'all know that my boy. I called about, about four or five months ago. I told y'all about the about the messing with, with, with water. You see? And I told y'all that long time ago. I ain't tell you what my name was, but that was me that called in.
0: Hey, hey, sway, sway. Oh, we feel you. I,
2: I'm sorry. We feel I ain't you? trying to be disrespectful, but I'm just saying like y'all got chill on my bed, out. Hey, hey. Right 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 now, right now, Sway. I hope, he, I hope I hope he hear the truth though, like no no lie, I hope yeah, he hear I, the truth True, and true. Like, I, just, right. I just wanna make sure like we ain't just gonna be saying like y'all putting too much expectation on that dude and I think he, he raw and everything, but I just don't think he faster than, you know what I'm saying, water. But I don't wanna like be disrespectful and just interrupt the show like that. I just wanna call in and just give my two cents on that, you know what I'm saying? But I appreciate what you're talking about and everything. I just wanna call in and You
0: know what I'm saying? Clear that up. I feel you on that one, Sway, Sway. I I feel you on that. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate that. All right. Always appreciate Sway coming in here. I'm not saying that he's faster than Waddle. No. I'm not saying that. I don't think he's faster than Waddle. I'm just saying Dr. Raiden sat here and dropped this tweet, and it's just kind of interesting that he brought this tweet into the conversation. But we'll see. It's just another reason why football's gonna happen this year because there's so many players that i want to look at i know john you want to look at at some point in time to see you know who's gonna be the real deal in terms of this upcoming season but we take another break right now on the show but upon our return we dive into one naji harris there's an NFL scout, former NFL scout, but an analyst for NFL.com, really loving the game that Najee Harris puts on display. So we'll talk Najee Harris on the other side of the break. Don't go into Don't go anywhere, folks. We're coming back.
1: Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to TouchdownAlabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to TouchdownAlabama.com today and roll tide
0: all right people in my own words back in from the break hottest show on the streets number one form for crimson tide football news with yours truly stephen smith of touchdown alabama magazine got the man john alvarez always in the production studio and we look at now one najee harris at the running back position and uh, there's a particular former NFL scout particular NFL.com analyst, and as I mentioned on uh, you know, a recent show here on last week, you know there there, there are a select few people that I put a lot of stock, you know, that I put stock in in terms of their evaluations, their analysis on the NFL draft, and this is no offense to you no know, Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper Jr. They're two of the best in the game. They get paid for what they do, but when you no know, guys like Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks put something out, I kind of lean more so to them because not only did they play the game, but they were both actually scouted the game for pro teams, for pro programs, and so their analysis is more so, I guess, hard-hitting. So Daniel Jeremiah is literally starting his uh, his evaluations on 2021 draft prospects. And he's doing this series on YouTube called The Three Terms to where he looks at a lot of the highly profiled guys and he gives three huge scouting terms for all three of them. So broke down Najee Harris over the weekend. And the three terms he used for Najee Harris, patience, contact balance, and smooth. Patience, contact balance, and just really, really smooth in his in his style, whether it's in the run, whether it's him running the football or him in pass protection. And I tend to agree with Jeremiah on all three terms. I mean, the patience of Najee Harris, we saw it last season, especially when he got more aggressive enough, waiting for plays to open up, but not only waiting, hitting that hole immediately as it opened up getting up and down the field, north and south, and being intentional about it. I can see the contact balance where he's not being brought down by one guy easily. He's dragging guys with him. He's keeping his feet moving, keeping his feet churning, you know, picking up those extra two, three, four, or five yards needed to move the chains, keep you in a good down and distance situation. And just the smoothness or fluidity you know, of his routes as a route runner, out the backfield and also as a running back. So I agree with those three terms that Jeremiah, you know, put down on paper there. My main thing for Najee has always been in this upcoming season and, of course, former Auburn uh, running back Brad Lester, also former NFL back Derek Blainlock. They both were more so Lester than Blainlock, but both have had a hand in guiding Harris in this area, and that's just getting his speed, just getting a little bit more speed on him. Uh, Lester's got him doing different shuttle runs, and right now he's got his shuttle time down to you know, 3.7 seconds, 3.7 seconds, according to a video that Lester had on Twitter you know, a couple of days back. But that's th- that's one of the main things. But aside from the speed, the thing that I've been on you know, Harris about is being consistently – intentionally aggressive from start to finish that's the main thing and it's what made of derrick henry the monster that he was it wasn't the fact that derrick henry was bigger than everybody else of course he was it wasn't that he was faster than everybody else and with him being at 6'3, 247 pounds that brother was fast as lightning but the thing that set derrick apart was he was more aggressive than everybody else the moment his hands touched that football he knew where he was going with it he was intentional and where he was going and where he was going with it and the moment his hands touched that football he was aggressive about it he was aggressive and hitting that hole attacking it whether it was off the guard or the tackle going inside north and south or if he just knew i've got the ability to hit the outside, hit the perimeter, and get plays and get yards on the edge. He was aggressive from that viewpoint, that standpoint as well. So that's always been kind of my biggest thing, you know, with Najee. It's not his size. He's got the size at 6'2", 230 pounds. It's not his athleticism. It's not his instincts. It's not his intelligence. He's got all of those things. My thing with Najee has has always been how consistently – aggressive can you be upon that ball touching your hand can you be uh, intentional in between the tackles in the run game can you be intentional when you're catching that ball out of the backfield not just hurtling guys and juking guys out the way but doing what josh jacobs did also y'all remember what josh jacobs did in that college football playoff semifinal against oklahoma j.j north the shoulders and Boom! Knocked that Oklahoma DB to the ground. I mean, that's how Josh Jacobs was—physical, mean, gritty, aggressive, nasty, intentional about running guys over. Yeah, he could. Yeah, he could. Yeah, he could juke you out the way. Yeah, he could spin. He, yeah, he could spin move you if you wanted to. But Jacobs took pride. Jacobs took you know confidence. Jacobs took you know a lot of uh, confidence in. Uh, knocking you on the ground he took a lot of you know get up and go a lot of oomph about just knocking you down so to me that's the biggest thing here you know for Najee Harris is being you know aggressive upon being consistently aggressive upon that ball hitting his hands as I've always stated going back to the numbers he had last year he got better as the season went on, I mean, of course, overall, 209 carries you know, over 1,200 yards rushing, 1,224, 13 touchdowns. He had six 100-yard games, four of those, of course, against the SEC when you talk Texas A&M, Tennessee, LSU, and Auburn. But it was just when the middle of the season came, that's when you saw that pure aggressiveness and we've had a lot of people sort of speak to that where you know Saban began to trust him as a guy that he's not just the hurdler he's not just the spin mover he's not just the juke mover he's just not just the highlight reel when I want Najee Harris to bear down right bear down hit that hole drag guys get me two yards for a first down get me three yards for a first down Get me four yards when you're having defenders on your ankles as you're dragging them forward for a first down. Can, Can I have a Najee Harris that can do that for me also? So that was on Coach Saban's mind. And going down the stretch of a 2019 season he was able to do that and that was the reason behind him getting more touches getting more opportunities seeing the ball more you know touching the ball more showing his skills at a lot more because he added that element of toughness of aggressiveness to his game so, so that, that's that's the big thing with Yeah, I, I agree with what daniel jeremiah said the patience is there absolutely the contact balance is there no doubt the smoothness the fluidity in his style it's all there for me can he be consistently aggressive from start to finish because there's a lot of goals he wants to set there are a lot of things he wants to hit on but there are also a lot of running backs behind him trey sanders wants to touch the ball keelan robinson wants to touch the ball you've got others that want to touch the ball so can Najee be consistently aggressive that's the big thing right there but folks if you want the best in news notes information if you want to access the best news notes and information on your crimson Tide, you can do this by downloading the touchdown alabama magazine app you can get this from the iphone app store if you're rocking team apple google play store if you happen to have the android phone For your audio listening needs, we have you covered on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm or I Heart Radio. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I shall return on Wednesday, continuing the topic that is tight football. As always, Bama fans, if you want individual copies of Touchdown Alabama magazine, you can purchase those right now. Have those sent to your door. Link will be in the, in the description. But until next time, husbands love your wives. Wives appreciate value. Those husbands, children, continue doing those things legitimately now to not be bored. Get those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. Protect yourself. Protect the loved ones around you. Until next time, folks, it's been In My Own Words.